Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our pastors and uh, staff. We're so glad that you're with us today, especially if you're here with us for the very first time. Hey, if you're watching online for the first time, you're sitting in here uh, for the first time as our guest. We're so glad that you're with us. We always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. And here's why, as I know that when you come to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. So come back, check us out. Hopefully we can be your spiritual family. If you are watching online, Merry Christmas. So glad that you're with us. Do me a favor, like, comment, share, let everybody know that you're watching right now. Leave us a review. It helps us get through some of the social media algorithms. If you're in here right now, pull out your phone. Let everybody know you're here at church. Maybe text them to come to the next service and bring their ugly Christmas sweater. You are here on a unique weekend because uh, we're all kind of really festive. We're all wearing our Christmas sweaters and all of our ugly Chris, we do this every year. We have fun. And so I kind of, uh, I, I participate, all of our staff participates. Hopefully you're having a good time. I, I wanted to show you all something that this, that I have a fancy sweater today and I will turn it on for one moment as you can kind of see. And so I was going to leave it on while I preach, but I felt like I'm already distracting enough. And so maybe I, I'll just turn it on, show it to you what it can do. And then I'm going to turn it off and then I'll see you after service. How about that? All right. So it blinks, it, it lights up. You're welcome. Uh, I found it online. All right. We are in the middle of a series called He shall be called. And the reason we're talking about that is because Isaiah, there's a book in the Old Testament uh, from a prophet named Isaiah, and he, he talked about the coming Jesus, and he called him a few things. There was a, a several characteristics in the Bible that, that, that really helped describe Jesus, but, but Isaiah has four of them uniquely in Isaiah chapter 9. And we've been looking at kind of the different characteristics of Jesus and what Jesus ultimately brings uh, as our Savior. And so in Isaiah chapter number 9, we, we see Isaiah, um, really what he's doing is he's prophesying to a kingdom that was not being faithful to God. And the way, the way they weren't being faithful to God, it had nothing to do with church or being cool or Christian. It had everything to do with how they were treating people and whether or not they were worshiping idols. Now, that is similar to us right now because if we're honest, we don't always treat people well and we, we do like and love things that we, we, we really appreciate a little more than God. And so we have idol problems and we have people problems. And so Isaiah was upset and he was revealing to the, 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 the children of Israel this kingdom uh, of Jerusalem like, hey, you know what? We're gonna, God's going to allow a kingdom to come in and destroy you. And then when, what happens is, is eventually there's going to be a new king, and he's going to establish a new Jerusalem. And then he, he uses chapter 7, verse, uh, verse 6, or chapter 9, verse 6, to describe the coming Jesus, the coming king in verse 6. And this has been kind of like our series verse that we've been talking about, and I'll put it up here. And he says this, For to, unto us a child is born, to us a, child, uh, a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called. And so we've been talking about it over the last, the last several weeks. The first week we talked about Wonderful Counselor, that, that sometimes we, we see Jesus, uh, you know, especially in the Christmas time, we think of Jesus as only the nine-pound, six-ounce, sweet, little tiny baby Jesus, right? Like the Ricky Bobby version of Jesus, where like the only version of Jesus that we know is this little baby in a manger and has and I don't know if you know this but like when I see a baby I don't necessarily think power I don't think mighty I don't think that baby's going to do a lot I think cute but I don't think counselor and so so Isaiah was saying that you know a lot of times especially right now in this season you and I are going to struggle with mental health because this is a crazy world and God can help you as a counselor does in the world he can be an, an even better counselor the best counselor the the counselor that can help you manage your emotions and manage your mind he can do that if you didn't check out week one I highly encourage you to check it out the preacher is great he is, he's I'm telling you it was really good uh, and then week two last week we talked about mighty God that God is actually a mighty God in our life. And sometimes we can look at the God of the Bible and think that was so cool that he did miracles 2000 years ago, but he can do miracles. The same God who did miracles back then can do miracles right now. He still does it. 
He's still in the miracle working business, and he can do that for you, and he can do that for me. And so last week we talked about the mighty God, but this week we get into a third characteristic, which is confusing, but I'm going to explain it to you in just a minute. And he says he's going to be the everlasting father. That's what we're going to talk about today. And then, and then at Christmas Eve, we're going to wrap it up with Prince of Peace. So if you're not planning on being here at Christmas Eve, you got to come because that's how we're going to finish the series. So Prince of Peace is going to be on Christmas Eve. But today we're going to talk about everlasting father and what that means for us inside of the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. Thank you that today we have the, the Holy Scriptures, God, the Bible. We can look at you uh, through the lens of the Bible. God, we can see who you really are. And not just what the world says you are, not what we think you are, not what mom and dad said that you are. God, who you really are. I'm thankful that we get to be in the house of God today. Whether we're watching online or we're, we're in present, in person, God, we know that you have a word for us. I pray that you would speak that word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Um, I'm a dad of five young boys. And w- one thing I've realized as a parent is that you're going to grow up. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, so I, I noticed that, that, that I cannot be perfect as a parent. I mean, I'll know that like you just can't be perfect. You're a parent. You just know you're going to make mistakes in what you do and how you how you raise them. And I thought early on I did a lot of the what all like non parents do to the other parents. You judge them. Right. So you look at them and you say, I'll never do that with my kids. But then you wind up doing that and worse. Right. Isn't that how it works? It's kind of like the parent thing. And so I remember growing up thinking like, man, I'm going to do everything right with my kids. I'm going to try to try to love them and know their needs and know what they need and be a part of whatever. You know, I'm going to do everything I can. And I noticed that like as I got older, that didn't happen. I'll give you an example. The other day I was talking to my wife about this. My sons, uh, I have twins uh, who are who are 12 now. But when they first got into school, we didn't uh, take them to the eye doctor. We didn't get their eyes checked on a regular basis. We just kind of thought everything was fine. How many of y'all know if you don't see an issue, there's typically you feel like there's not an issue. So we never even talked about it. We thought everything was great. And so we saw one day I saw him, my, my wife and I saw Kellen and Riley and they were kind of squinting. And they said, we said, son, can you not see what you think you would normally be able to see? And he said, yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I'm pretty sure it's there. I'm like, I think we need to go get his eyes checked. So we take him to get his eyes checked. He get, it turns out they needed glasses. So they get glasses. No, no kidding. We send him to school. He goes to school. He comes back home from school. And the first things he says to his mom and I when we picked him up from school, he said, dad, there's stuff on the walls. Like, how many all know? Like, that's sad. Like, that's a dad fail right there where you're just like this. You know, you're just a I failed in a, being a parent because that kid needed glasses, you know, and he, I, I don't even know when you say that he didn't know there were nothing on the walls. That's bad, y'all. Right. So he had bad eyes from the beginning. And um, over time, as he started playing, I noticed as all young boys, because I had glasses when I was really young, all young boys, when they wrestle and fight, they drop their glasses. And eventually the lenses, come on, how many of y'all know the lenses? If y'all wear glasses, y'all know they get scratched. It don't matter if you get the anti-scratch coating, please. You can scratch those too. So you, 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 they scratch. And eventually what I realized over the next several years is that he had to go back and get new lenses, right? Go back and get new lenses. Well, one time he broke his glasses and uh, we didn't have time to go to the store. And so when we went to the, we, we said, hey, go put on your old glasses. How many of y'all ever had that? Like we had to go back because you broke the ones. You had to go put on your old glasses. And he put on his old glasses. He said, dad, I can't see. I said, those are fine glasses. They work just fine. He goes, yeah, but there's so many scratches. It's affecting the way I see things. So he said, the lens 
that I look through is affecting how I see life. He said, he said the, the, the glasses that I'm using, the, what, what the filter, if you will, right? The, the way I'm seeing things, is hard, it's hard for me to get past to what's really out there. And when you hear, like, we're good with, with Jesus being wonderful counselor. We all like that. That's good to me. And mighty God makes sense because he's God, so he should be powerful. He should be amazing. And he could do anything. But when you get to everlasting father, that's when we start to have some issues. Because if you're human, you grew up and you probably have some level of dad issues. So when you hear God going, I'm an everlasting father, you're like, I'd rather you just be a counselor and be amazing God. I'd rather you be pretty awesome. I'd rather you be Zeus with the big lightning bolts ready to strike me other than dad. Because let me just tell you, my dad wasn't the greatest. And so all of us project the image of our earthly father onto our heavenly father in some way. So when we get to this, Isaiah tells us that Jesus was supposed to be An everlasting father. But that can confuse us because some of us didn't grow up with a dad. Some of you in here, some of you watching online, you don't even know what it's like to have a dad. He left early. Maybe he was never there. You don't know what a dad really is. Maybe mom raised you. Maybe grandmother raised you. You don't know what dad is. And so because you don't know what dad is growing up as a son or as a daughter, you're still trying to piece together in your life what a real father should be. Maybe... Your, your, uh, your dad uh, never said he loved you. Maybe your dad never said he was proud of you. Maybe your dad never occur- encouraged you. Maybe your, your version of dad. Maybe he was there, but he wasn't present. Hello? Maybe he, he, you had a dad and he was in your family, but you never saw him and you never met him and you never talked to him and he'd go to work and he'd come home and he'd ignore you and you were on the, you were over there as the kid and he was over here as the parent and so now you don't even know how to work this thing out. He never went to one of your games. Come on, how many of y'all know? Like, or, or it could be even worse where you had a dad who actually abused you physically, mentally, emotionally. Come on, like there's some level of abuse in your life. And so when, when, when Isaiah calls him father, everlasting father, something in you goes, mm spiritually even if you feel like you you don't assure I can't get my mind wrapped around that and and it, it could be even confusing to us because we even look at at you, even the Jesus you're like but Jesus you're supposed to be the son how are you supposed to be the father so so but but the reason Isaiah called him a, a, an everlasting father was that Jesus is one of Jesus's missions, if you will, one of his purposes, if you will, was to come and clarify, clarify who God the Father really is. He was supposed to come and make sure that the lens that you see life and you see all things, especially when it comes to dad, doesn't distort who he really is. In fact, I'll show it to you in Scripture this is just a couple of places, but I'll give you just a couple of points in, in the Bible where where Jesus comes to do that. Hebrews talks about it and he shares it. He says the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. It's like you got to understand Jesus comes to show you who God the father really is. He goes on to say even in, in another pa- passage of scripture where Philip is asking him to reveal 
who God is. So Philip is, is somebody walking with Jesus, is close with Jesus, is begging Jesus, Jesus, please share with us who God really is and what he looks like and what he could be. And, and, he, and he says, if you just do that, it'll be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? He's saying, you should know me. We've been walking together. I thought you figured this thing out. He said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? You're looking at him. He's saying, you got to understand that don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in, with, is in me? One of the purposes of me being here is so that you don't see him because you couldn't really see him anyway because you probably wouldn't make it after that if you go look inside the Old Testament. He said, I'm trying to give you a glimpse of who God the Father is so that whatever happened to you in this earth, especially when it comes to your real dad, your earthly father, it doesn't confuse and, 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 uh, and cloud up and mess up and put a bunch of scratches and lines through who he really is. Jesus came to clarify who God the Father really is. Jesus, maybe in the best way to summarize it, he's everything. The Father wants you to know about him. Jesus is everything the Father wants you to know about him. And if that's true, then, then today I wanted to give you three clarifications, three ways Jesus clarifies and clears up who God the Father is in our life, three ways that when Isaiah said he's going to be an everlasting father in your, in your life, he wanted you to see that Jesus is that and God desires to be that and you can actually have that regardless of what happened to you in this earth as your relationship is pertains to your earthly father. So today, three clarifications on what Jesus brings uh, and, and helps us understand about God the Father. The first clarification is this, is that God the Father is a protector. God the Father is a protector. I love reading the stories of Jesus because if you actually know anything about Christ, that's why I always tell people like, listen, if you're about justice, if you're about people being elevated, if you're about the marginalized actually getting help in this world, you should be all about Jesus because he was the greatest protector and the greatest fighter of justice in the world. He fought for the people who never had power and were always marginalized and always put down for all the races that never got enough, enough uh, uh, appreciation, for all the sexes that never got, he fought for those who were, who were looked upon as less than, and he walked into their lives and he said, let me elevate you a little bit. All the people who hate you, I love you. He protected people on a regular basis, and he, he really, honestly, if you go back and look at it, he really specialized in helping those who were marginalized and protected them. He did that on a regular basis. In Psalms chapter 91, actually, I love what David says, the writer of Psalms. He goes, he goes, listen, let me tell you something about who God really is. Now, Jesus clarifies this when he lives on this earth. But before Jesus comes, David writes who God really is. And he kind of he highlights this for us. I love this. He goes, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Some of us need to like write these verses down, put them up on sticky notes on our wall, put them on your phone, make sure they're coming through to you on a regular basis. Email yourself. Like these, these verses. And he goes on to say, this is, I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. There he is, my protector. He's my God and I trust him. He goes on and he says, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect. Everybody say protect because he's a protector. He says, I'm going to protect you from every deadly disease. How many of y'all would like that right now? For he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. The writer of Psalms got it right, that God desires to protect us from the attacks 
of life. Now, here's what's interesting. When I say protecting, oftentimes you think of one facet and one level of protection, and typically it's from like an enemy. But that's not all God protects us from. few things that God protects us from is, is from others, yes. He does do that. He, he does step in as a barrier, as a defender, as a protector of, of the weak and of the people who need protecting, which is all of us. He does step in like that. In Psalms chapter 18, he says this. You're in a battle. He said, for I equipped for you, equip me with the strength for the battle that you're in a battle. You need to recognize you're in a battle like the days of you being in peace. I'm telling you, the desire for peace in terms of how we see it, and I'll talk to you about this next week, is not how God sees it, that you're in a battle and that you're, you need to know that you're going to be you're going to be fighting something. But you made those who rise against me sink under me, that God has the desire to help uh, not just those sink under him, but rise you up so that you can be strong to handle the battle. God, I like to say it like this. God is so good. Okay. This is how it is. God is so good. He won't remove us from the battle. He just equips you for it. So sometimes like when I get into battle or an issue, I don't know if y'all ever had something happen. You lose your job. You get in a fight with your kids. You fight with your wife or your husband. Your, you know, your life is in shambles. You lost all that money. You got sick. Something happened. You're in the battle. And then all you and I do is go, God, take it from me. And he's like, okay, wait. Now, hang on. I have the power to do that. I can help you do that. We can remove you from that. Or I can equip you to fight this battle so that if it comes up again, because it will come up again. So that when it comes up again, you know how to fight back. The other day, I was, we took our kids to a, um, like, a, it's called Santa's Wonderland. It's in the middle of College Station. I don't know if anybody's ever been there. It's like Disneyland for Christmas. It's incredible. It's, it's one of the most amazing things. I highly encourage you to go to it. Um, I'm not sponsored by them. I'm just telling you, like, it's amazing. And so um, we, we take our kids there, and they have this area where there is literally, they have homemade snow in Texas. Come on, how many of y'all know when you can see snow in Texas, that's a win. It's like a Christmas miracle. So they're making snow in this area, and all the kids are snowball fights. So it's like a snowball fight pit, right? And I grew up in California, so I didn't grow up with snow at all, but we would go to the snow a lot, and I know what snow is. My kids don't really know what snow is, so they run in there, and they're like, this is amazing! You know, they're seeing all the Christmas movies now, so they're in there, and they're getting snowballs, and I'm telling you, they started throwing snowballs at some of these other kids, and these other kids started throwing snowballs, and it started fun, and then it turned violent, right? Now they're, instead of them throwing them, they started going like this, you know, and they're starting off like this, and they're like, ha ha, laughing. Now they're getting snowballs with like rock in them and trying to like hit them in the face and it's starting to become dangerous and I'm like uh oh I, I might have to step in here so this one kid runs up to my, my little son I had like a little Winston he was in there he's my, my little three-year-old and so I'm bringing him in there and he's like this is amazing you know he's kind of playing with this snow and this one kid just nails him right with a snowball it's like just, he's like three you know it's like 12 year old kid runs in nails him with a snowball and the dad in me wanted to do two things number one I wanted to grab that little punk kid and just you know what I'm saying and like hold his head under the snow and like okay I'm sorry it's confession of a pastor that's what I wanted to do I don't pastor in college station they don't know me so anyway so I'm like, all right, so I wanted to go take that kid out, but I didn't. I held, you, you're, be proud of me. I'm, your pastor did not punch him. And so um, the second thing I wanted to do, though, is I wanted to protect my son. So what I wanted to do is go run and grab him and take him out of the snowball area. I wanted to remove him from that. So he's crying, right? He's frustrated. He just got hit with a snowball, y'all. First time ever. I wanted to go grab him, and I sat down, and I was, as I was, literally, as I was grabbing, I heard, I felt something, and I'm like, just, no, he's, 
this is what kids, this is how you have fun. Let them get hit with a snowball, but teach them how to throw a snowball back. <laughs> and so I, I, taught them, I taught them how to roll a snowball, and then I went and told that kid, so it might sound silly, I went and told that kid, let, let him throw it at you so he can have fun. Like, like help, you know, kind of, he's three, you're 12, let him do whatever, you know. So he threw it at him, the kid kind of fell, he played with him, you know what I mean, and like fell down or whatever. So then... Winston started to walk around with other snowballs and just started throwing them at, like, little babies. You know what I mean? He's, like, throwing them at kids. He's, like, starting to pick on people. I'm, like, don't be a bully, you know? But, like, he started to run around throwing snowballs. Let me just tell you, like, sometimes when we get into a battle of life, you and I are praying for God to remove us from it. God's trying to give you snowballs so you can throw it back at the enemy. I'm telling you. Like, you and I need to stop praying, stop praying for God to get you out of the fight. You need to actually learn. God needs to go. He's trying to equip you. He's trying to help you. Like, sometimes the enemy will love to throw arrows at you, and I know some of us want to run. Don't run from that dude. Don't run from him. He's more scared of you than you are of him. I promise you that. And if you would stand up and be strong in the Lord and learn how to throw your own snowballs back at that guy, I'm telling you, you're going to learn how to fight a battle and he'll protect you from it. So, so it's not always removing you. It's not always like, like, take me out, God, get me away from this. Sometimes it's, it's actually protecting you from other. Second thing, second way he protects you is um, he protects you from yourself. Um, most of us struggle with other people like bothering us. You need to know this. One of your biggest battles you're ever going to fight is with you. You are your biggest enemy sometimes. You are your biggest threat because you can talk yourself into anything. Isn't that true? Yeah. I like that with Jeremiah chapter 17. He says, he says, don't get it twisted. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things, and it's desperately wicked. Disney has it wrong. Your heart is not made of gold, and you are not pure as the driven snow. You, you have problems inherently at your root. And so in order for God to protect you, sometimes he's going to protect you from you. And the way he does that, this is the worst, right? He tells you no. He doesn't answer all your prayers. Like, this is an encouraging word from Pastor Aaron today, right? Like... <laughs> Come on, tell me about how good God is. I know God is so good that sometimes he's going to tell you no to some of our silly prayers we ask of him sometimes. Now, to us, it doesn't make any sense. But to him, he sees the entirety of time, and he knows if he gives you that, he knows what could happen. So sometimes he tells you no. My sons, we went camping one time, and we went, we like, we are not a, a sugar, big sugar family. We just don't. My kids, I'm telling you, they make sugar from their blood. They don't need any more, all right? <laughs> They, they don't need sugar. And so we don't give them sugar a lot, junk food or whatever. Well, we went camping, and we thought, you know, we're going to go camping. We were camping with some other families, and these families live a little differently. And so they showed up with, like, five Costco boxes full of snacks, right? We're not talking about, like, peaches and pears and apples and bananas. We're talking about, like, Scooby Snacks and Oreos and Cheez-Its and Doritos. And, you know, I'm talking about, like, like you know, the Ho-Hos and the Ringdings. I'm talking about, like, the greatest snacks I love, but we don't ever give them. And so they showed up, and they always would ask, you know, Dad, can we have them? Can we have them? And we told them one time, say, look, just do whatever you think is right. We told them, kids, they're 12 years old. Just let's see what happens, right? It's a great experiment of a parent. You just do whatever you think. They ate so much that night, the first night, the first night at two o'clock in the morning, we hear the dreaded sound that every parent hears all the time in the middle of the night when you're trying to sleep in camping world. 
We hear, I'm like, what is that? Is that a bear? We're going to die. Like, you know, and I hear, we come out and I walk out and the kid had, Riley had thrown up everywhere. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, I know what's going on. You know, I had to drive home and to drive back and drive. But what happened? At some point, right, I've just noticed I'll eat ring dings all day long if it was up to me. And I think God says no sometimes so that you don't and I don't wind up having a terrible night. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? And so if God says no to you, here's what, here's what, here's what, I get maybe the, maybe the, maybe the hidden message behind it is if God says no to you, you should thank him. Thank God he says no. Thank God he doesn't answer all my prayers. Come on, you look back on that, some of the things we pray for God to do, and you're like, oh, thank you, Lord, that you didn't say yes. Because sometimes he's protecting you from you. Number two is this. God the, Fa- God, 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 is, God the Father is a provider. He's a provider. One of the greatest stories that Jesus ever had inside of Scripture, inside the New Testament, is when he went and he fed the 5,000. Jesus cares about you having provision. He's a great provider. Why? Because he's reflecting on God, who is the greatest provider mankind has ever seen. Philippians chapter 4 says, and my God will supply every need. Every. Every there in the Greek is every. All. Yeah, it's Every. There's no truth. Don't get it messed up. It's, it's every. He's going to supply all your needs according to his glory and his riches in Christ Jesus. Like God, 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 God desires to provide for you. He is a good father. He, let me just tell you, he doesn't just want to provide for you. He delights in it. And I think sometimes we get, we get messed up because God will say no, kind of from our first point, and you think that he doesn't want to provide for you. He does want to provide for you. There might be something bigger at play. You need to know God delights in giving to his kids. But our responsibility in God being the provider is deciphering the difference between wants and needs. You notice there in Philippians, he says, he's going to provide every need. He's going to provide every need. And I don't know if you're like me, but I can make my wants look like needs all the time. I'm like, Lord, I really need that 75 inch TV that's 4K. Like, you don't understand. Like, I'm basically living, you know, my 65 is not big enough. Like, hello. Like, my neighbor got a 75. I need the 75 to keep up with them. God, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you see, you see how we are sometimes? Like, I can convince myself of just about anything, and I think sometimes God's provision is in the, is in the, the nose. How many of y'all know, like, Christmas time is really hard for, for, for some parents, right? You know, it's like, man, I love to say yes to my kids, and at Christmas time, it's like the license to give them things. And so I want to say yes all the time, but my, one of my pastors told me one time, he said, Aaron, when you're raising your sons, remember character, uh, character is built in the nose, not the yeses. Char- character is built in the nose. Not, not the yes is God provides me. God provides me with gifts that I can't get any other way by saying no to me. Character is earned through struggle. And you and I need struggle because we need character. I want my kids to know God as a provider. He delights in doing it. He wants to supply all your needs and some of your wants. But he don't have to. And I pray he doesn't all the time so that he can give them what I can't give them, which is character. 
God often in his provision is so good that he's going to tell you no. Number three, as we wrap up, God the Father is a pursuer. God the Father is a pursuer. I love that Jesus, while he was on this earth, pursued, pursued, and pursued. His purpose in life was to pursue you and I. He knew you couldn't get to him. So he came to you. And God is a pursuer. Matthew chapter 28, before Jesus ascends into heaven, he says, Behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Jesus reminds us we're not alone. He does that always and forever, right? You ever heard that song? Always and forever, right? Y'all know that song? Like Jesus made that song. That's from Jesus. That's Jesus' song. You got, that's somebody stole that from Jesus. He, he, he said first, I'll be with you always till the end of the age. I'll be with you always and forever. He shows us that the, 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 one of the greatest characteristics of God is that he pursues us, that he's present with us. That he's present. That he's there. That you're not alone. The presence of a father in a family is vital. It's vital. Some of you know that because you didn't have one. Some of you know that because he was there. Some of you know that because you're one right now. Even science knows that. You, you can see it all. I'll give you a couple of statistics that from, from, from some research. This is from the research from the University of Pennsylvania. It says positive father care is associated with more pro-social and positive moral behavior in boys and girls. Children who feel a closeness, a presence. There it is. If he's just there. He's just pursuing the kids and warmth with their father are twice as likely to enter college. 75% as likely to have a child in their teen years. 80% less likely to be incarcerated and half as likely to show various signs of depression. You need to know that if you're a dad, your, your presence is important. You need to know that if you're not a dad, you need a father in your life and his presence is important. Hello. And that, that, that when we look at these things, you, you need to know two truths come up. Number one. Earthly fathers need to understand their value. If you're a dad in here and you're watching online or you're in here, you need to understand something. They don't need perfection. They need your presence. They don't need you to work all the time so that you give them everything that they, you never had. Some of the things you never had that you can't give them are the things that they need. You don't need to give them everything you've never had. But they do need you. If you're a dad in here, don't come home and get on the TV and start on the video game and start on the phone or start on your hobby. Start with your family. They need you. Have some dedicated time and presence with you. Because let me just, God the Father does that and models that for us. He, they, he gives us Him. And then his, his stuff comes with that. But they don't want your stuff as much as they say they do. They would rather have you than all their stuff. They, and I'll say they need you more than all their stuff. Secondly, the other truth that comes out in this is that if you're, um, if you have an open wound and a hole and a space for a father in your life, God, God the Father desires to fill that. And so, if you had a dad who was not there, He wants to be your father. 
If you had a dad who was there but wasn't there, he wants to be your father. If you had a dad who abused you, he wants to re-clarify what a father really is. If you had a dad who never told you he loved you and never said that he was proud of you, you need to know this, that I'm telling you, he wants to say those things to you and be those things to you. He he wants to be the emotional person, the, the father figure. Every person in this world is a young boy and a young girl who has a desire in their hearts to hear their daddy say they love them. Everyone. I was watching a documentary the other night uh, about this. It was, it was shocking. It was about a, um, a professional mixed martial arts fighter, fighter. This dude, I'm talking, you want to talk about man? This, is, this was the manliest man I've ever seen in my entire life. My entire life. I'm like this, and, and he could fight. He did fight. He was knocking people out like crazy. His whole life, was he was a champion. Whole life. And they asked him, they said, they said, hey, tell us about your dad. In an instant, he was a little boy. Crying on the, the, the video screen, said, I just wish my dad would have said he loved me. We all have a hole in our hearts, a hole in our lives that our dads couldn't fill. And, and God wants to come in. Even if you grew up with a great dad. You, need, you, have, you have some father issues, too. You need to know that because he wasn't perfect. And God wants to come in and be the everlasting father. Jesus comes in to clarify. Let me show you who God really is so that you never have to wonder, so you never have to try to figure it out on your own. I'll show you. If you see me, you see him, and Jesus fulfilled all of our needs. He was a protector. He was a provider, and he was a pursuer. He, he did all those things. So why? why? So, so we can know that that's what God wants to be in our lives. And I pray today that you would allow him to be that in Jesus' name.